0: This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by Springer Nature. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. When it comes to neurodevelopmental disorders, the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics most recent guidelines from 2010 suggest chromosomal microarrays and fragile X testing as first-tier genetic tests. These are recommended for unexplained developmental delays, intellectual disability, and autism spectrum disorder because nearly a third of neurodevelopmental disorders are currently thought to have a genetic basis. It turns out that the
1: diagnostic yield, which means, you know, the percentage of the time that you get a positive response with these First line test currently is approximately 15 to 20 percent. So, roughly in 80 or 85 percent of the cases, we still end up with an unexplained case of neurodevelopmental disorders. We don't have a genetic diagnosis for that individual.
0: Mustafa Sahin is a neurologist and director of the Translational Neuroscience Center at Boston Children's Hospital and Harvard Medical School, and he and his colleagues thought it was time to update these best practices with new data. Research in
1: genetics and genomics of autism and neurodevelopmental disorders over the last 10-15 to 15 years has suggested that there are probably somewhere on the order of 400 to 1,000 different genes that give you susceptibility for developing autism, for instance. So there's a huge heterogeneity of autism. And just looking at the deletions and duplications of a large pieces of chromosomes or focusing on fragile test testing obviously misses many of these genes that you might otherwise think might be pathogenically involved in the development of neurodevelopmental disorders. And there's been growing evidence over the last 10 years or so, both from research studies as well as from certain clinical sites that are able to use exome sequencing for their participants and patients, is that there seems to be a higher hit rate, higher positive rate from this cohort of patients.
0: The team wanted to figure out if exome sequencing could provide an improvement over the current guidelines. The resulting paper, A Meta-Analysis and Multidisciplinary Consensus Statement, was published in the journal Genetics and Medicine.
1: So we started out with a scoping review of the literature using PubMed terms for exome sequencing as well as neurodevelopmental disorders. And again, for neurodevelopmental disorders, we used both autism spectrum disorder as well as global developmental delay and intellectual disability that resulted in roughly about uh, a 1000 publications that had these terms then we screened those publications to see if they fit our really strict uh, criteria for instance we wanted to have more than 10 participants in that study we wanted to make sure this wasn't just a methods paper but that there was actually a cohort of individuals being studied that this wasn't just a review paper etc so by excluding those kind of papers we ended up at the end of this with 30 publications that fit our inclusion criteria.
0: Then they convened an in-person conference in Boston of experts from a variety of disciplines to review the results and draw some conclusions. And finally, Dr. Sahin says they created a model to determine the potential impact for the meta-analysis. What we found was that
1: overall, molecular diagnostic yield of exome sequencing in neurodevelopmental disorders is roughly 36% with a confidence interval of from 30 to 43%. If you divided this group of studies into those with just isolated neurodevelopmental disorders versus those where there's neurodevelopmental disorders plus associated conditions such as microcephaly or macrocephaly, the yield changes uh, somewhat. So in isolated neurodevelopmental disorders, the molecular diagnostic yield is 31%, whereas in those where NDD is associated with other conditions such as microcephaly, Uh, the yield was up to 53%.
0: This is a significantly higher, twice or even three times higher, diagnostic yield than the previous testing standards.
1: I guess I was surprised by the convergence of the data as to the uh, increased diagnostic yield. We were not quite sure how strong the evidence was in the literature. And uh, as you can see from up to 30 papers, there was quite a bit of convergence on the diagnostic yield. From relatively divergent subsets of individuals that were studied, the diagnostic yield was quite uh, high compared to chromosome microarray. And this, he says, provides an important update. Based on the significantly higher diagnostic yield of exome sequencing compared to chromosome microarray, we would recommend exome sequencing to be the first line of testing uh, for an individual with neurodevelopmental disorders. If that is negative, then one would consider chromosome uh, microarray, looking for copy number variants as a second-tier testing.
0: Dr. Sahin says that the paper offers guidance for changing the ACMG's recommendations. I think this this provides an
1: up-to-date assessment of the diagnostic yield of the genetic technologies that we have in 2019 uh, compared to the previous guidelines in 2010. We hope this will provide significant awareness of the increased diagnostic yield of exome sequencing. Uh, among the various options and will set the stage for exome sequencing to be uh, more widely accepted as the first-line uh, testing in the future.
0: And the potential increase in diagnoses has important implications for management. There is evidence suggesting that having um,
1: a molecular diagnosis, first of all, brings to end the diagnostic odyssey that many of these patients go through. It's not unusual for a patient to undergo sequential testing, either genetic, and metabolic, imaging, Uh, electrophysiology, sometimes biopsy of skin or muscle, et cetera, in order to be identified the cause of the neurodevelopmental disorder. Having a molecular diagnostic result obviously puts an end to that, sometimes very long and potentially invasive diagnostic odyssey. In some select situations, having a molecular diagnosis also brings in potentially actionable treatments for that patient. So there are certain cases such as GLUT1 deficiency, where use of the ketogenic diet, for instance, might uh, help those individuals. And of course, uh, finally, there's the uh, importance of understanding the genetic disorder underlying uh, this individual's problems and be able to provide anticipatory care for them, potentially bringing in therapies at an earlier age that might be appropriate for that uh, genetic disorder. And also maybe stopping and discontinuing some unnecessary treatments that that individual might be exposed to without understanding the underlying diagnosis.
0: The new guidelines recommending exome sequencing as a first step, he says, should improve the situation overall. Today, since chromosomal microarrays are recognized as the best first-tier approach, they're typically covered by insurance. Dr. Sahin says these results suggest that exome sequencing should now be covered as that first-tier test based on the improvement in positive results. Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by Springer Nature. I'm Cynthia Graber.